All right, y'all. So different angle with the camera. So uh, bear with me as I remember to look at the camera whenever I talk now. Anyways, today I'm going to talk a little bit about the how into um, what I was discussing on the last video. So like how there's body acceptance or fat acceptance nowadays, and there needs to be a reverse on that. Uh, the people who actually uh, believe that there is body positivity and they love their body the way that it is. Um, but in reality, they don't because of the way that they their health is. And um, part of that is the way that the weight that they're carrying and the denial of all that and also the way that they're eating. So we want to offer a solution or I want to offer a solution, right? I don't just want to throw some negativity at you and be like, hey, like, don't don't say that you're you love your body whenever you put it through so much crap. So what I would like to do on this uh, screen that we're gonna look at now, uh, again, people listening to the podcast, and I'll tell you where we're gonna be at. We're gonna be first looking at the actionforhealthykids.org. The reason why I'm starting off on this webpage is because it's funny that the in order for a parent to be able to teach their child about how to eat healthy, they should know the same things, right? They should know more, but apparently there seems to be a, a misconception of uh, people actually understanding what, uh, what nutrition is, right? Or even how to read nutrition labels, what to eat, um, um, you know, when to eat, when to do exercise that fits their schedule, not how to make excuses, things like that. Okay. So anyways, the, the same guidelines and principles that I would recommend someone would be what we're teaching children. And we're just going to go through this to kind of see, this is what I typed in Google uh, search for how do we teach a child to uh, to, to eat healthy and, and, or I typed in like how to teach a child about nutrition. This is the first recommended website that popped up outside of ads. So action for healthykids.org. So the, uh, the two main things that they're going to highlight, uh, the two aspects is the emotional highlights. Okay. So you have your self-awareness and then the social awareness, uh, self-awareness pretty much what are you physically and mentally feeling when you attach yourself to these foods and eat these foods versus the social awareness of like, what are others eating? And then also what are you eating when you're in that social environment? Do you just indulge what they're doing and forget how you um, self, your own self-awareness? So these are the tips. Okay. So let's just look at them and let's see you as a listener, as a parent or as an adult, do you even know these things, right? So um, first, make half, half of your plate fruits and vegetables. I see that there's an there's a issue right there. Um, the, it doesn't need to have half fruit and vegetables. You don't need to have um, a protein, a vegetable, and a fruit. And then probably a starch in there too. Like you can choose to uh, to do fruit or vegetable, whichever you want, alongside with your meats, 
And if you want to have another carb source, a starch source, you can have it. The fact that they say fruits and vegetables, you really don't need to, right? If you want to eat fruits, that's fine. If fruits aren't bad for you, fruits are good. Uh, and, and it really comes down to individuals. And that's uh, going to be totally dependent on your gut microbiome and your own like uh, allergies and, and sensitivities and, um, and your own stress levels. And, and kids have stress too, so don't forget that. Uh, eat whole eat whole fruits instead of drinking 100% fruit juices uh, whenever whole fruits are an option. I agree. Uh, switch to fat-free or low-fat 1% dairy. I don't really agree to that because usually whenever they do fat-free or low-fat dairy products, they'll add a bunch of sugar to offset the loss of palatability. So I would just stick to if you need that dairy product to help sanitize you over a given period of time, probably have a little bit of fat in there. It's gonna help sanitize you. Uh, if you are a person who counts your calories and is pretty um, uh, uh, on point with like your, your macronutrients and you know that your fat intake's been high, okay, fine, go for a low fat option or, or like a zero fat uh, Greek yogurt, you know, like and these guys right here, zero fat Greek yogurt. And you can add stuff in there for you. Limit soda and sweetened beverages, it's true. Uh, a lot of toxins and within the soda, right? Um, and we can go into that differently if you disagree uh, with preservatives and such and how much we drink of it. Um, because it's really how they label what what is toxicity. Um, so um, they, they do recommend like having a systematic way, monthly, weekly, compared to one or order one time or an occasional lesson. Um, if you have the option, recruit uh, chefs or um, I guess take your kids to a school to learn about how to cook in foods. So probably like something like the YMCA may have something like that. Um, Same thing. Um, another option would be allow your uh, kids to taste test things. So Kind of the same thing as an adult. Have you tasted really all these foods? Uh, because where where you you remember not liking something, it's funny that your taste buds do change based on your food consumption and your gut microbiome. So kind of like the gut bacteria, and you might be uh, more like more leaning more toward like a, a palate that's a little bit more bland, or maybe you like the sourness of some foods. Um, and you usually find that out like when people do like keto diets they will they'll think like a piece of fruit is like super sweet right and then they they really don't like other sweet foods like that are added sugars like cake and and uh, pastries like all these other desserts they just can't handle it it's too much um because they gain that self-awareness after they eat it they just feel like crap right so your body's adapting to that new palate that you have based on your food intake and the gut bacteria. And so yeah. um, whenever you take your kids through the grocery store, this is probably the most most uh, underrated thing uh, that we see all consumers do. And I, I love going to the grocery store and like walking around and observing people and also checking out like what's new in, on the, in the aisles. No, I, I'm not gonna exaggerate and say no one, but I would say, 
like 90% of the people that shop use Publix. 90% of the people, I don't see reading labels. Now, there may be a variable, uh, like a caveat saying like these people would typically buy this food and so they already know the nutrients on the label. So that's kind of like what I do. Like I know certain foods. So, okay, we'll give them that. Okay, so let's say maybe you know, 60% of people don't read the labels. Do you even, just talking to regular people at, um, in public or in my family, it's like you read the list on the nutrition label, right? And if you can focus on there, but you have your servings on here, you have your amount of servings. So it tells you how big that scoop is, right? Or that serving size in grams, which you can figure it out if you have a, a, a scale or even if they're in cups. I mean, we have Google that you can do conversions now. You can literally ask Alexa to do whatever you want. It tells you your calories. And from then it breaks down to your carbs and then your goes into your fiber and then your sugars. And then if they add sugars to there because dairy automatically has lack, um, lactose in it, sugar, right? And then you have your protein. And then there's any other, anything else that they want to put in there. These um, RDA, these da daily values, they don't really mean too much nowadays because this is, what is it? American Dietetics Association basis in 1950s. So like your average person is like 150 pounds, right? Average male, like 5'7", 150. Um, and food quality is really different back then. Uh, what I can like, gather based on like, let's say like four ounces of red meat from the 50s versus four ounces of red meat today, the red meat from the 50s is gonna be higher in um, minerals and it's gonna be higher in protein uh, versus nowadays we seem to have less per four ounce. So, um, but yeah, so sometimes I might find a, let's say regular uh, Greek yogurt and it would be, look on the back and it will be a hundred calories per serving, right? Well, on the, the servings per container, they might put 12 servings, 15 servings, and then they make the serving size smaller. So then they can decrease the amount of carbs and, and fats maybe in there, right? So you really have to be aware of these labels because companies, big corporations will, uh, will try to confuse you and to make what see, what is a bad, or I'm not gonna say bad, but what is a, um, a, a, a misinformed choice that won't be catering to your diet needs. Uh, you would make that misinformed choice, right? Um, because they're easily deceiving because they know that once they give you high palatable food, you're going to go back to it or back to something similar that they make, which is very similar to what they do with keto, keto uh, snacks. So they will take like a regular snack and they just like, so a bar, right? Instead of doing one serving for the Quaker oat bar, that's 90 calories, they will do this bar is keto friendly because each serving has five grams of carbs, but that one bar is now four servings, right? You see what I'm saying? So teaching the kids how to read those labels, it's going to help them uh, in the long run. It's going to help you as a parent in the long run. Does it take a little bit of time during your grocery shopping? Yeah, it does. But guess what? Also, you learn knowledge. Yeah, because you could just go to the grocery store, put in stuff into your cart, come back home, watch TV and not gain that knowledge. So it's say that you don't have time, but therefore you do. Right. 
um, because you're not going to do that every single time that you're going to the grocery store. Like I was saying, there are people that know what is in the food already. They know the labels and they go back to it based on habits. We're not out there venturing, getting new foods every single day. We're creatures of habits. That's what we do. We like comfort. And so you're not going to spend tons of time through an entire year. Maybe the first month, that's about it, right? So um, consume three servings of dairy each day. That's up to you. If you're lactose intolerant or you're allergic to dairy, probably not a good idea. Um, if you don't really like dairy, you don't have to eat it. You can get your protein from elsewhere. You can get your calcium from dark leafy greens from, um, uh, I, don't really, I don't really know where else. Anyways, you can Google that. You can get your calcium wherever you want to, okay? Um, but usually dark leafy greens, I think it's best. Um, I'm thinking like coral calcium. So like if you want to eat uh, seashells. <laughs> so uh, consume five servings of fruits and vegetables each day. Again, I, what's the serving of fruit and vegetables? Like, I don't really know how they calculate that. Uh, I'd be really interested to know because you have uh, different density, micronutrient density within different volumes of food and different weights of food. And so where they say, let's say like a, um, a serving of vegetables is two ounces, right? Well, like, let's see, two ounces of spinach, it's quite a bit, right? Or let's say an ounce, okay? An ounce of spinach is a serving. So let's say one ounce of spinach versus an ounce of squash, right? Butternut squash. That's a fruit, right? Never mind. So an ounce of, dang, what's like a like an onion? Okay. There's different micronutrients in there, right? So you have like the acillium and the quercetin coming from the onion, which is awesome. It boosts the immune system. It can help with glutathione, right? You can. I'm pretty sure that it helps with um, a, a methyl donor too down the line down the stream of like quercetin, right? Um, the the spin, spinach will have some calcium, have some iron, have some uh, B vitamins in there, and helps with nitric oxide production, um, helps with the urea process um, and the ammonium process, right, with the body. But there's different densities, right? So I'm very confused um, what the guidelines are for this. So that's why I'm not really a big fan of saying five servings of fruits and vegetables, because that's 10 servings, right? That's what I'm getting out of this. So five servings of each, 10 servings. That's quite voluminous, right? I'd rather have my child eat more protein sources because there's especially meat sources, it's going to have more um, uh, retinal forms of vitamins and more chelated forms of minerals that our body can absorb easily. I think uh, we have enough fiber uh, like 10 grams of fiber per for every thousand calories, right? So 10 to 15 grams of fiber, however you handle it for every thousand calories. So I don't think we need tons and tons of fiber um, based on individual needs, but maybe kids, like I, I, it's hard to really track how much protein kids really need um, because let's see, like we're looking at the like toddler, let's get, so I'm dealing with like toddler and and children four and up, right? So it's like 0.3 grams per kilogram. So three grams of protein per kilogram of 
for a child, right? So we're looking at like, um, oh, I don't want my kids away. We're looking at like 30 grams of protein, maybe roughly around there. Which like my kid will slam back like 40 grams of protein, no problem. So does he absorb it all? Yeah, where else is the protein going to go? So don't don't listen to that stupid, like you can only absorb 20 or 30 grams of protein. Like, what do you do? Just defy, defy physics and just like not use the protein that you ingested. Um, anyways, so that's my thoughts on like the fruits and veggies. So like your, your kids will probably only eat just a few vegetables that are um, not really high in fiber. Uh, that's why typically people use like prune juice or cod liver oil to help with bowel movements because I think that protein is going to be a little bit uh, more more important for them as they grow. The and uh, protein like calcium and there's not much more room you can fit of like vegetables that may cause gas and bloating make might make them feel discomfort and so yeah I probably you don't have to do five servings of each you know just as long as they get some with every meal I think that's fine uh, and if it's a fruit versus a vegetable just let them eat it it doesn't really matter as long as they're getting some of those micronutrients and half of your whole at least half of your grains whole grains again my kids allergic to uh to wheat gluten and uh that's not going to happen <laughs> so i don't think that you know whole grains is is uh necessary if you want it have it if you can tolerate it if it makes you feel good if it helps your self-awareness go ahead all right so that's pretty much it you know the rest of it's kind of like you know introduce uh dietitians and and work workbooks to your children and stuff so that's what they're teaching us right they give you like food images, they give you the harvest of the month. So pretty much, you know, eat, eat what's in season. So that's kind of like Hippocrates um, thought is like that food be thy medicine, thy medicine be thy food and whatever the ground nourishes, that's what's for protecting your body during those, uh, those environmental changes, right? So squash during the winter, colorful, provides us with specific nutrients to battle the cold and the dryness <clears throat> and also it can grow in that type of weather no problem um <clears throat> but anyways i think the biggest thing here let me stop this so the biggest thing that we've learned about all of this i think is the nutrition label right so understanding nutrition labels learning how to read them i think that's going to be the most productive things that, that you can do um, and you can use those numbers and or that, that information that you get from the nutrition labels and you can make foods fit into your caloric need and finding out the caloric need. Sometimes that's trial and error. You can look on Google and see how, um, like what they recommend. That's a good place to start with some of those algorithms. Uh, and just be honest with the questions. You know, if you sit at a desk job and you go to the gym. Uh, for an hour, you're lifting weights, you just pretty much sit there, you know, maybe you walk on a treadmill, you're not very active, <laughs> not very active at all. So just say that because you're, you're probably going to be around like the 1800 calorie mark, you know, that's when you go to, when you go to Cheesecake Factory, that's one meal, you know, so uh, you got to be very cognitive about that. And just because let's say you start this journey, you find out that, hey, I need to eat 1800 calories in order to lose weight. Uh, and again, you can slowly digress to that level if you want to, or you can be aggressive, whichever, you know. Um, you, uh, you don't deserve a, uh, 
a cheat meal once you follow a week of dieting. Uh, you need to at least create a habit. So we're looking at 28 to 40 days of doing something consistently. If you're consistently doing something, you're going to have success at the end. If you're consistently inconsistent at doing this, you're not going to find success. It's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, you need to eat how you, what makes you feel better with the self-awareness. So just like how we talked in the past about self-assessments every day, uh, instead of journaling, uh, the, the traditional way, maybe do a self-assessment test, write it out, write it out on paper, makes you more accountable for that. Do the same thing, food awareness uh, for your, your intake. How does it make you feel? How do you, how do others perceive you? You know, ask them questions. And even people make comments if it's such a big change. People are like, oh, what'd you change? You know, you look better. You know, you have more glow to your skin, your eyes look better, um, you're happier, um, you know, I, if they were like, oh, I can't keep up, you know, things like that. Uh, you can find enjoyment that way. So it can help your family out, it can help your spouse out, help yourself out. And that's kind of like the whole deal with uh, being a better uh, person, being a better parent and uh, helping your children be better and to not fall into this, this uh, cancel culture, fat acceptance, you know, uh, segregation society that's starting to happen again, you know, like it was like this pavilion in the past and it's starting up again. There's no need for all this. And we need to make sure that we stick our uh, feet firmly on the ground for this nuclear family, right? We need to keep everything healthy and strong and we need to teach from within. And this is a way, this is a way to start physically with our minds and in our guts and with our habits. Whatever we're going to be doing with this, these principles are easily applied to everything else that we're going to be uh, that you would face in life, whether it be education, whether it be um, your workforce, and also your finances. Budgeting your calories is the same thing as budgeting your finances. It's exactly the same. You can apply the same principles. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, follow, follow me at fit.dad.lifestyle on Instagram. It's my handle. And go to linktree, fit.dad. Find all the links to everything you can get uh, discount codes off of. And like, comment, subscribe, and share. And, you know, sharing is definitely going to help me get more information out, especially as I have things in the works uh, for, uh, for kids, right? And so hopefully I can be up and running by the end of this year. We'll see how everything goes. All right, y'all.